Good morning, Collective Church family. As I'm sitting here recording this afternoon, there is a beautiful thunderstorm gathering outside the window. So you may hear some thunder in the distance. But it reminded me of the prophetic word that Bridget Forbes spoke over our community in 2018. And I know I've read it in the last couple of weeks, but I'd like to read it again. I just felt the Holy Spirit remind me of the word as the storm is brewing outside the window. I see thunderclouds building and building and building and building. God is doing something in your hearts and he's growing something in the thunderclouds. But there's going to be a time when you're going to have to go out and let all that water out. You have something that others don't have. There's a thirsty land, there's thirsty people, but you have something. As those thunderclouds build and build, God is doing something within you. There's going to be a time when you can't hold it in anymore and you're going to know now is the time to go out. It's going to be big and loud like a thunderstorm is, but it's going to restore some of the dryness that is out there. What an incredibly beautiful prophetic picture of what is happening in our community. That thunderstorm of the presence of God is just growing and growing and growing and it's happening within us and it will get to a point where it's going to spill even wider than our community. Friends, this is a prophetic word that was spoken over us and it's a a vision that we hold in our heart for what the Lord is doing. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says, write down the vision and place it in front of you. I want to encourage you to intentionally place in front of you the vision that God is speaking over your life, over us as a community, uh, what he is leading us into, what he is saying. Place it in front of you intentionally because right now it's so easy to get wrapped up in the practical reality of everyday living, the practical stuff we face day to day. We want to see what the and we want to see the unseen. We want to see with the eyes of our heart what the Lord is doing. We want to hear what he is saying. And so I would encourage you in this season to keep the vision, to keep what the Lord is saying very close in front of you. Maybe it's post-it notes or it's in your journal, um, but it's intentionally right in front of your eyes so that you can see what's actually happening. I want to start by saying this morning that you are an amazing community. You are full of excitement, anticipation, and ready for the adventure with the Holy Spirit. And Rob and I are grateful. Our hearts are so full to be leading this beautiful community and to be journeying with all of you in this adventure with the Holy Spirit. Um, Last year in September, we realized that we are not going to be a business-as-usual kind of church family. We want to host the actual presence of the living God. And we want to, be, to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit, like that pillar of fire or cloud that led the Israelites. That pillar is inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so as individuals and as a community, we are learning to be led by the Holy Spirit in full dependence, just like Jesus was. We are learning to be a family fully surrendered 
to the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say, you are amazing and well done. I, f- I feel the well done of the Holy Spirit over us as a community. Friends, he is speaking. We are hearing his voice. Uh, there is just an evidence of the presence of Jesus in our individual lives and in the community. And I just want us to delight in that. I want you to breathe in the glorious delight that you are known by the Father, by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, that he is here, right here with us, and and that he, he loves us. His affection is filling our hearts, and he's working and moving, speaking, and we are hearing and following his voice. As a leadership We are not as concerned with the how of church, but more with the who. Intentionally placing Jesus at the very center of the community, at the very center of every part of our lives. And as we do that, learning to build the structure of our lives around the central presence of Jesus. And so there's been this crazy time of learning surrender, of letting go of... um, self-reliance, of control, of hustle, and learning to trust and depend on Jesus completely. And so even as level one opens up for us, we want to say that we feel the Holy Spirit brooding over and encouraging us to settle in this rhythm of home church gatherings and whole church gatherings that we've been pioneering for the last couple of months. It's like the cloud is settling in this place for now, and so we want to stay there. And so uh, the home church gatherings, like we're in today, right, is a context for us to share in each other's lives, to share in each other's journey with the Lord. If you look at Acts, the fire of the Spirit is passed on heart to heart life to life. And that's what we envision happening in the home church context, that everyone is seen and heard, uh, everyone gives and receives. And so there's this beautiful participation in the life of the Holy Spirit together and um, a beautiful opportunity to learn to serve and love one another. And then On whole church gathering weeks, like next week, where we're hosting a whole church gathering at the Pear Tree, this is a family reunion of sorts, a time to get together and hear the word of the Lord, listen to the teaching, worship together, um, encourage and inspire one another. And so we see what the Lord is doing in both of those two expressions, and it's really important and really beautiful. And so we want to stay with that rhythm of home church and whole church gatherings for the season. It does feel a little bit like we're going something, going back to something of the picture or the model in Acts, where the believers met in the temple and they met in each other's homes. Um, it's beautiful. It's the birthplace of the church. And there is a reset happening right now. If you look in Acts, after Jesus' death and burial and then resurrection, he comes and he says to the disciples, you are going to carry on what I've been saying and what I've been doing in the world. And that's what we're hoping um, the body of Christ will continue to look like in the years ahead, that we will continue what Jesus is saying and doing. And we're invited into this beautiful adventure on a day-to-day basis with the Holy Spirit 
um, to say yes to him. We want to participate in the life of Jesus and bringing what is on the Father's heart, bringing the reality of, of heaven through our lives uh, into the world around us. In a sense, we're coming back to something simple of being completely devoted to the Lord, to loving him, simple devotion to Jesus, and then being completely devoted to one another and learning to serve and love each other. Um, you know, the church was so different in their way of life, in loving God, in loving each other, and then in loving the world around them, that they were, they were known as the way in the early church years, because their way of life, their way of being was so completely different to the world around that, them. And that's something of what we're coming back to in this season. I think the church globally, especially in the Western context, has become so much about the building, the venue, uh, the good coffee, which of course is important, but um, you know the kids program or the programs that we run, all of those can be beautiful, they can be powerful, but they can also be lifeless if they are not built on and centered around the presence of Jesus right there in the church, Jesus alone. And so I believe we're going through something of a reformation in this process internally where we're learning to participate with the Holy Spirit, to partner in what he is doing, what is on the Lord's heart. Like Jesus said, I think I said this a week or two ago, you see me doing only what the Father is doing. And that's what I want to be said about us, Collective Church, that as people look at us, they will say, oh, we see what is on God's heart because those sons and daughters, they do only what they see the Father is doing, only what they see Jesus is doing. And so every part of this journey that we're on as individuals and as a community is so important. The process is important. You'll remember my message from a couple of weeks ago. Every step is an arrival because there is nothing wasted, nothing wasted in this beautiful journey that we're on as individuals and, and as a group. The Holy Spirit is using the process to reform and re reset us and establish us as sons and daughters. And so I want to say thank you. Thank you for saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for saying yes to each other, to this family, to journeying together in this adventure with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you guys are adventurers, and it's a beautiful thing to be. We have our hearts set on pilgrimage, on journeying with the Holy Spirit, and we are being transformed to look like Jesus. Um, the church has got so used to mimicking each other, to looking at another church model, to looking at the big things, the big successful churches around the world and mimicking ourselves on that. We need to mimic ourselves on the Holy Spirit, on Jesus, on the firstborn brother, um, and be sons and daughters, our true selves, reborn by the blood of Jesus. And so we're coming free from self, we're coming free from control and anxiety, and we're learning to depend on him, to carry his heart, to serve and to love. Friends, may the body of Christ look more and more like Jesus, like his ministry here on earth, what he was saying and doing through his life. May the church continue in those beautiful works 
as we are truly empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it takes all of our participation. I want to read you um, something from Ephesians 4 now. There's a sense that the Lord is restoring a apostolic movement globally uh, where there's this arising of, of prophets and apostles and teachers. It's, it's so powerful and beautiful, and it's what he is doing in order to equip each and every believer in the ministry of their lives. Let me read to you from Ephesians 4. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. As they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. I love that each one of you, every ordinary believer, is called to do their own works of ministry because this enlarges and builds up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one in a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. There's this beautiful picture here in Ephesians of how as the saints, every single believer, sons and daughters are equipped for the ministry of their lives to bring the kingdom of heaven through their lives by the Holy Spirit, empowered by him, that we get this full expression of Christ. Everything that he died to give us, we become bigger and more mature, living in the abundance of who he is. What a glorious, glorious picture. You may want to go again and read that from Ephesians 4. The key here, friends, is that each one of you, every believer, is called to participate in the ministry of the body. Yes, here in a church context, in a community context, but in every area of the ministry of your life, bringing the person, the presence of Jesus all that he is and all that he has into your world. I believe the, the, the hour for the man of power, those one kind of big head ministries is done. It's time, it's the moment for every believer to be filled without measure with the spirit of God, to be built together in family and to release what God is doing, always bringing love, always bringing healing, always bringing life. To the world around us. And so this is what we're anticipating. There's like, as I read that Ephesians 4, there is a longing, there is a groan. The deep in the spirit is calling to the deep in me. There's this groan to see the fullness of Christ expressed in his body, the fullness of what he died to give us expressed in his sons and daughters. And so there is a season right now where we're moving from the former things, from what was to what he is leading us into. And there's, in a sense, 
a transition period where the process is so important, where the reformation and the reset is happening as we're learning to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Let me read Isaiah 43. I think it sums it up so beautifully as a scripture for the season. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. It feels like we have let go of one thing, and yet we haven't fully taken hold of a new thing. And this is the moment where the Lord is saying, I want you to forget the former things. I want you to forget that which was. And some of us, there's this moment where the Holy Spirit is actually asking us to leave behind ways of thinking, old patterns of thinking, old ways of seeing things, expectations around roles, around your own identity, around what makes you feel secure, around what things look like. Leave those former things behind. This is the moment to perceive what the Lord is doing. Can you see it, friends? Can you perceive it? And so this morning, we're going to ask in our home church groups, we're going to ask the Lord to give us new insight, to give us new eyes to see and to perceive what he's doing in this season. This transition is the place of reformation. There will be a reformation and a reset in the global church, but where does it happen? In you and in me. He prepares the way in us so that we can prepare the way for what he wants to do. Everything that comes from heaven to earth comes through the surrendered life of a believer. And that's me and you. Everything that we're longing for to see, the miracles and the supernatural and, and just the presence of God in every area of our lives, transforming us and, and moving, it comes through surrendered hearts as we are those gates and those portals from heaven to earth. And so in this process, either we're going to fight against moving into this new season and the new things that the Lord is doing, wanting to hold on, wanting to feel safe to what was, or we're going to release. We're going to yield and lean into the Holy Spirit and we're going to flow with what he's doing, learning again, surrender and trust. In this space between the what was and what is coming, it's almost like a womb. There's a space for creation. And, and um, there's actually a few beautiful pregnant women in the community. You can't see what's happening in that womb. You trust completely that every little fiber is being woven together by the Lord to create this beautiful human being that will be born. In the same way, this season is something of a womb where the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is brooding and creating, opening up the future that he has for us, for sons and daughters, to walk into. It's a little bit like Ezekiel. It requires a creative, prophetic imagination with the Holy Spirit. It requires fresh eyes to perceive what he's doing and fresh language from the Holy Spirit. In Ezekiel 36, the Lord says to Ezekiel, I'm going to pour out my Spirit and I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to take your heart of stone. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh, my people. And Ezekiel 37, he stands and he looks and he just sees dry bones. And the Lord says, prophesy to those dry bones. It's like where you see dry bones, 
the Lord is saying that this isn't the end. The picture is the army that is rising up. So prophesy and declare. We're wanting to have those fresh eyes to see what the Holy Spirit is saying in the season. In Ezekiel 47, um, the Lord leads him to the new temple where that is a picture of you and I. My dad did such a great job of preaching about the living stones, each one of us a living stone, a temple, a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And we are built up together into local church families, part of the big global body of Christ, being the temple for his spirit. And Ezekiel stands there and he sees the river running out, the, the river of the Holy Spirit coming from the very temple of God, which is his people, and where the river um, rolls, where the river flows, there is healing, there is fruitfulness, there is salvation, there is life. And so in this season, we want to stand with Jesus. We want to say, Jesus, give us eyes to see what you're doing. And just like that river, he first got in ankle deep, and then he got in knee deep, and then he was, until he was completely consumed by that river, by the Spirit, it's the same for us. Some of us are in deeper and some of us are standing just ankle deep with the Holy Spirit. And that's so good because this is the journey of deeper connection, of being pulled into the depths of the Holy Spirit of Jesus, the heart of the Father. I want to read Acts 9 quickly and then we're going to finish off. Um, Acts 9 is this beautiful story where new eyes are required from a man called Ananias. Now, Ananias, the name Ananias means grace or mercy. And uh, the Lord appears to him in a vision, and he asks him to go and to pray and release the Holy Spirit over Saul, who has been the greatest persecutor of the church. Let's have a read, Acts 9. Living in Damascus was a believer named Ananias, verse 10. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling his name, Ananias. Yes, Lord, Ananias answered. The Lord said, go at once to the street called Abundance and look for a man from Tarsus named Saul. You will find him at Judah's house. While he was praying, he saw a supernatural vision with a man named Ananias coming to lay hands upon him to restore his sight. But Lord Ananias replies, many have told me about this terrible persecution of those in Jerusalem who are devoted to you. In fact, the high priest have authorized him to seize and imprison all those in Damascus who call on your name. The Lord Yahweh answered him, arise and go. I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. He will be brought before kings, before many nations and before the Jewish people to give them the revelation of who I am. And I will show him how much he is destined to suffer because of his passion for me. Ananias needs a new set of eyes in order to look at Saul and see what God has called that man to be, to see the destiny that the Lord has anointed for Saul as he becomes Paul. And I believe we are like but like Ananias in that story, his name means grace or mercy. The grace and mercy of God is wanting to be poured out on the planet, on, on situations, on lives, on people. 
And yet sometimes our eyesight limits us and we say, God, it can't be that person. It can't be there. It can't be in that situation. It's like our expectation for how the grace and mercy of God should flow and will flow limits us, limits our eyesight. And the Lord is wanting to give us fresh eyes to see how he wants his grace and mercy to flow out into the world. And it will change unexpected people. It will change impossible situations. But this morning, friends, I want to be like Ananias. I want that encounter where the Lord is saying to us, arise. Arise means stand up in the resurrection life that you've been given, the life of the Holy Spirit within you, and go. Go into your world, but go with my eyes, with my vision. Can you perceive what I'm doing? Leave behind the former lenses. Leave behind the old patterns of thinking. Leave behind your critical assessment and your your list of how you measure success or worth or, or situations that you think God can move in. Let me give you a fresh set of eyes because I am doing a brand new thing. As groups, I'd like us to go to um, Ephesians. And uh, where you guys are in your groups as this, this video ends, please read this together. Let this be the prayer of our heart this morning, friends. Ephesians 2, verse 18 that I'm, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I pray that, that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. We need fresh eyes, the eyes of our heart. Here it says, may you discover in your innermost heart. We need fresh eyes for discovery and revelation in our innermost hearts to understand and comprehend the grace of God in us as sons and daughters and then through us where he wants to work in the world, in our, in our church communities and in the world around us. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. And then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead. The resurrection power. Arise! <laughs> and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. Friends, go and read that again. Ephesians 2 verse 18, go up to 23 and pray that over yourselves as a community, that the Holy Spirit would illuminate our eyes, would give us fresh eyes to see and to perceive what the Lord is doing in this season, just like was prophetically spoken in Isaiah 43. Bless you. Bless you in your home church gatherings. Um, May you just encounter the presence of Jesus in such a tangible way this morning. Love you all.